0: do just want to quickly run through the things we're going to talk about. So we do have stocks on sale coming up. The, the thumbnail for this video, crash sale, that's uh, technically more of a correction, and we're going to be exploring how we're going to profit from this volatility. Then a theory that uh, that Chris brought to my attention, that uh, the Wall Street Journal is reporting that SoftBank is kind of the driving force behind the market's run-up and then pull-back. They, they bought $4 billion of tech stocks. And then just as much in options on those same stocks, and like fifty billion dollars of leverage. It's a fascinating story. We'll be diving into that. And then also some red flags for Tesla investors. They they weren't added to the S and P 500. Consumer Reports is calling their full self-drive technology vaporware, which we have a lot to talk about there. Uh, <laughs> but if you if you like if you like stocks that are on sale, they're thirty percent off today. Not today, but since since they're high. Uh, plus like we're talking about more headlines we have the Peloton uh the, the new bike we have the Disney Plus uh, releasing Mulan we have uh Dunkin Donuts we want to talk about we have the Senate vote we want to talk about we have so much to get to today and look at that we're at 230 likes which means we're allowed to now officially move on thank you guys so much for tuning into the early portion of the show and now I've got to catch my breath, get rid of the uh, counter, and uh, push some more buttons here, make sure we're on the air. And here we go.
1: (laughs) Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices
0: Last week was absolutely brutal for the stock market. It was the the third biggest, or the, the three-day sell-off, the biggest three-day sell-off since March. If you're new at investing, this this might just be that first dose of reality, the reality check that stonks don't only go up. Even though the three of us are pretty savvy when it comes to investing and hedging our portfolios, I think altogether, we're down, what, more than, we were down more than $2 million. Chris, Chris is apparently, Done some miraculous trading uh, over the weekend to uh, make up for that. But what now? Are we going short? Are we going to hedge our $40 million aggressive stock portfolio? Is it time to give up? Is it time to cash out? Never. But this is per- per- perhaps the kind of buying opportunity that we look for. Sure, valuations all kinds of out of whack but if you liked amazon a week ago at 3500 buying it for 3200 today seems like a pretty good discount and like i said tesla marked down 30 percent today on dumb money live we're going to be telling you all about it buying and selling and what we're doing to try to recover from last week's stock market crash this is dumb money live with chris camillo dave hansen And Jordan McClain, streaming live on YouTube. We are Dumb Money. Hey there, Dave here, along with Chris and Jordan. Welcome to Dumb Money Live. Thanks you so much for watching. If you haven't already, please... Do us a favor and smash the like button, like the smash button. If you've already hit it, hit it again, turn it off and then hit it again and turn it back on. Make sure it's blue. That's all we, that's all we need. So like I said, we've, we've called it a crash sale in the uh, video thumbnail. It's technically more of a market correction after reaching record highs here in the U.S. and and also globally, the, that uh, all world index is, is at a high, but pulling back. Chris Jordan, tell me, what do we do? I, I don't know. Tell me what to do.
2: I don't know what I, to do. I'll tell you what I did do though. I bought, I bought a bunch of, I bought mostly Peloton. I also bought, uh, I went ahead and bought the dip on Vista Outdoors, um, just because I feel like I had missed nice. out on that one. That's I good. Think that was a really good trade. I bought I that one in the Pelodoc, um in the 190s, uh like around one ninety two, and then I bought. Um, to this morning, I actually bought Broadcom hmm. uh, for a little five G play.
1: Interesting. That's weird. Um, but those back are real. some good. Trades. I'm surprised. I was waiting to hear about another stock. I'm not even gonna say it that I I want to have a conversation with you about in this episode. I know Dave was as well. We won't talk about that stock quite yet, Jordan. You know what I did, guys. I went deep on Peloton on Friday, okay? I already have thirty five thousand shares of Peloton. I had sold my options on Thursday that expired on Friday. On Friday, I purchased seven hundred call options on Peloton at the $70 strike. It cost me about $800,000, $700,000. I made money on those on Friday. But where I really made money on those was this morning. I'm up about $840,000 on those options this morning. So I've already doubled my money. Um, I also, in addition to that trade, I did a little bit of trimming. And let me explain why. Um, I got overextended as you know I had six million dollars of margin that I borrowed to overextend my account to the long positions and I've been overextended for quite some time I always anticipated that when the market finally did pop and have this pullback and got a bit more rational I would deleverage that and I did I trimmed my portfolio by about four million dollars I took that leverage down from six point something million uh, to about 2.2 2 million in margin Dave I you're, sold, you're, I but you're sold still $2.2 million in margin. That, that, that's correct. But I sold uh, I sold a bunch of my Apple, like half my Apple. I, I sold – I had – you know, I added that 200 shares of Amazon on top of the 1,000 shares of Amazon I had. I sold the 200 shares I had bought. To get, so I'm no longer overextended in Amazon. I just trimmed a lot of different stuff that I felt I was just – I had too much of. I just brought myself down a little bit in everything, okay? And, and I, not everything, the stocks that were really overextended. We all know the names. They were all way overextended. Um, I still own these stocks. I'm not selling my Amazon. I'm not selling my Apple, right? Um, but I, what I said to myself was, I'm not going to borrow another million dollars of margin to buy Peloton options, that's just irresponsible at this point. So I sold a bunch of stuff and then I bought a million dollars of Peloton options. Cause I'd rather be focused in a stock. I really believe in a company I believe in that could legitimately go up five to 10 X from here. I don't think Amazon's going up five to 10 X from here. I don't know. And neither is Apple uh, in the near term or any of the other stocks that are high flyers I was in. So that, that's my, that's kind of what I did on Friday.
0: Interesting. So I haven't, I haven't done anything. I'm basically sitting on the stocks that I have a, a, big long portfolio, um and just kind of waiting for the moment to get back into more. And, and I don't know if that really means picking some of the stocks. Like I'm I'm out I'm not in Peloton. I, I'm kicking myself for not listening to you and just buying it regardless of, of my personal thoughts on the company. But and
2: yeah, that seventy five dollar price was a really good opportunity to get back in. That
0: and Nicola, the company that I you know sure I think he's a uh, oh, I think Siri's trying to talk to me. I think uh, <laughs> she doesn't understand. She I agrees. don't understand. But I didn't I didn't realize that Nicola was going to be so aggressive with their stock collabs as Chris has called out and has done so on Twitter and. uh... <laughs> Mm -hmm. I, um, so I'm not in those, the the two things that have gone up today. I'm, I'm not in, but I just feel like my overall portfolio is well positioned. I'm in stocks that I like. I would like to buy more at discounted pricing. And I feel like that. Yeah, I was, we, we have a lot of uncertainty, the, the election, whether or not we're even going to know who the winner is in November, or if it, if we have a, you know, a, a, 2000, you know, remember the 2000 election where we didn't have a presidential winner until sometime in December, and we we have Congress saying they're going to vote on another stimulus package, but it's going to be some kind of a, a pared back version. We, we we don't have any clarity there. We we know what the the Fed has has clarified the uh, the the uh, willingness to let inflation run above two percent. And if it does not making any uh, immediate actions to to try to let that inflation catch up with itself. Um, And if it does drop, goes up, if it makes it above 2% and then drops below, they're going to jump right back in and be aggressive again. So um, I feel like we're, we're, we're not in as bad of a position as I thought we were earlier and I'm happy with the stocks I have and I just want to buy more.
1: Yeah, Dave, do you really think this administration is going to let the stock market get crushed beyond a certain level? I don't think so. I think if they have to, they'll come out and say, you know what, we're buying ETFs. And then if they they come out after that and say, you know what, we're just going to start buying individual stocks. Anything that goes down more than this percent that we think is strategic – to the stability of the U.S. financial markets, we're going to support those equities. I think that this administration is going to do whatever it takes to support that market because it's the best thing they have going for them into the election, and they're not going to mess that up, right? And, like, that's my that's my floor. That's what makes me cool. Not maybe in individual names. I sold half of my Tesla, by the way. Uh, and I sold half my Tesla, but I kind of feel like Jordan needs to buy Tesla here. Uh Jordan, uh, yeah. you've been waiting and waiting and waiting. I've got
2: a I've got a two hundred and fifty dollar price that I'm looking at. If we can get down there, maybe Ouch. I'll maybe I'll that pick would, some up. That'd be very uh, painful.
1: But here's the thing. Two fifty, all right. Well maybe it's possible, right?
2: I feel like yeah, I don't Jordan... think it's gonna get there, but if it does maybe maybe I'll buy some there. But that's what, what do you think about it's gonna take Jordan? for
0: you to buy Tesla again? Even uh. even though we're we're thirty percent off of its highs. Yeah.
1: Well, how about just just getting a little bit before Battery Day, right? Just like a tiny bit before yeah, Battery maybe. Day. We'll buy like um. And, and so that people. way you have some. If they do something crazy on Battery Day and it reaccelerates, you have some. Uh. Oh, we're not talking about Tesla now. I'm sorry. That is that is that that's later. But we do have we'll Tesla p-
0: red flags coming up. But we're going to do that. You know okay we have we have to talk about what we're doing immediately and I don't think Tesla is what we're doing immediately
1: well I sold half my Tesla immediately so that that happened um I was just too I had too much I had two how many shares of Tesla did I have I had two thousand shares of Tesla or 2500 shares and I'm down to a thousand now I'm comfortable with a thousand shares for now okay I if I see something I like, I'll get back in heavier. Yeah. Tesla's for you me what, one of those just long-term
0: th- investments though. I you know, it's gonna go up, it's gonna go down. Tesla is a volatile stock, but I just see that this is a stock that I'm going to hold and not sell for, you know, five five years.
1: So Dave, I'll tell you there's two stocks I'm looking at closely, and I have not pulled the trigger. I don't want to tell you about one of them. I'll tell you about one of them right now. Uh, the other one I don't want to lead into because I feel like we have to have a standalone episode on it, but one is Duncan. Um, gosh, you know, our community has been all over Duncan, the Charlie drink, right? One of the biggest influencers on all of Instagram. Uh, basically Charlie, uh, D'Amelio. She, it's a, you know, she, and she's a huge star, like 84 million followers, not Instagram, TikTok. It might talk. And she, loves this drink at Dunkin', right? And it like has ca- it's like a frozen drink that has caramel in it. And she loved it before her sponsorship. And Dunkin' said, you know what? Let's partner with you and name the drink after you. Well, guys, I have been studying the social kind of buzz since this happened. And at first, I was a little bit skeptical. I was like, oh, I don't know if this chick can really drive you know, the needle for Dunkin', right? That's a big ask. But over the last four or five days, My good, I'm seeing tweets. People that have never been to Dunkin' before, they're going for the very first time to Dunkin'. I'm seeing lines. I'm people are driving all over the city trying to buy this drink. That, by the way, is really nothing special. Uh, But it's become this cultural thing. Dunkin', this could be a landmark deal for them, guys. Like they are on the map because of this. Like, and this is the first big TikTok deal. I get that. Here's my problem with it, though. I mean, I feel like since people aren't going into the office
2: as much, like, are they stopping along the way to grab? a sandwich or like donuts or whatever they were doing before and yeah they might be getting this drink now but like is that going to be enough to make up for all the breakfast business that
1: they're losing out on well but that but you got to remember like the market already knew about that right so like that should have already been baked into the price prior to this collab uh so now it just does the market i don't believe wall street knows a thing about tiktok tiktok stars and and i don't think that they're going to really give this deal the appreciation that it probably deserves until it's so obviously big, like hitting the news circuit that people are lining up at Dunkin' for this Charlie drink and how influential TikTok is on corporate America. Yeah. Don't you like visualize the stories coming out over the next few weeks? Right, I want to own Dunkin' before that starts. And you know what? If it fizzles out, I'll sell my Dunkin' over the next few weeks. So I bought, I took a position in Dunkin' because. I think this girl, I mean, it's amazing how influential she is out of nowhere. Did you see these things are selling out? You can't even buy them. They're traveling around the city just to try to find them. We one. even saw, would um, you buy like two, 3,000 shares? Well, I, I bought a couple thousand shares, but I might buy more. Um, I'm still looking at it. I might buy more if the buzz continues to accelerate over the course of the next few days. But I want to at least have a base position because that's what we do. Like, we, we try to early trade change. Right. Um, And and this has certainly changed. Jordan
0: was talking about how the foot traffic is down, but we have people in our discord room who um, are actually tracking it on Google maps and seeing a like hotspots of people actually moving next to Duncan locations, which isn't technology amazing that we can just like drop in and see where, where people are uh, congregating.
1: Yeah, it, it it really is. I was actually talking to one of our close kind of hedge fund pals this morning, one of the best data shops on Wall Street, and they're, you know, they do the same thing. They they have sophisticated data modeling to be able to track um all of this foot traffic from a diverse subset of sources and Google's one of them, right? And we have someone right in our own Discord group that's doing that. Jordan, they're working on this a few hours a day. I was wondering if you could maybe pop in there and give them some advice. Maybe, you know, no one's better than you when it comes to figuring out how to aggregate and track this type of live data. So I love that someone's spending the time in our community to do this. And if we can help you, uh, by the way, Leon, we got it. Uh, Leon is our close friend, uh, used to work for us uh with us over at ticker tags we got to send this this guy a shirt send him send him some merch leon (laughs) i mean he's spending hours a day to track him up with traffic i mean merch him (laughs) up let's do it oh look at these guys oh this is my favorite dude (laughs) this is so awesome oh my goodness god these i'll tell you this community is just rock solid i was I was in our Discord for hours last night. Just, just, man, so appreciative of the intelligence that's going on in there. It's sick, guys. Uh just. I, would I be in Peloton as big as I am now without that Discord group? No. Do I owe the Discord group a quarter mil for my trade? Probably. Probably. Am I going to pay them a quarter mil? No. <laughs> but
0: you know what? I- but you're going to give them some free T-shirts and bumper stickers
1: no i'm gonna work really hard to try to bring value back to the community that's what i'm going to try to do and i'm also going to give you a peloton bike too so that 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 will happen as well which by the way Uh, that is happening
0: on our thursday show we're going to um we're not going to do the morning show we're just going to do an aftermarket special right when the market closes we'll go on the air we're going to um cover the peloton earnings announcement live and if if it trades up after hours we're giving away a Peloton bike. Should we
1: should we show that hey, promo Dave. again? Yeah, let's show the promo because what blows my mind is that we only have 500 retweets. So basically these people have like a 1 in 500 chance of getting a Peloton bike and a Peloton subscription for the entire year. And so what I tweeted out this morning was if we can get 2,000 retweets of that tweet, that dumb money, it's like what, uh, twitter.com slash dumb money TV, right? That's our Twitter account? That's it. And so if we get 2000 retweets, Dave, I'm going to pony up not just to buy the Peloton bike. I'm going to buy a Peloton Plus, the new bike they just announced today. The nice one, the super nice one that has the automatic tension <laughs> that, that changes based on the instructor, that has a spin-out screen on it that connects with your Apple Watch for iGym. We're going to upgrade that to a Peloton Plus if we get over 2,000 retweets. I thought and I thought
0: for Peloton sure you were going to give away two Pelotons. How, how much does the stock have to go up for you to give away two? <laughs>
1: No. no, 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 that's it. Just All right, Here, here's some information Look, about we it. we made so much money on Peloton stock, $2.3 million in the last six months. I want to give away a Peloton bike to someone in our community. If Peloton stock trades higher
2: after hours, we're going to give them away a
1: Peloton. We will be live streaming Peloton's earnings call after the market closes on Thursday, September 10th. To have a shot, just share this post on Twitter, and make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. So be sure you watch us live on Thursday to see who wins. It could be you.
0: Very cool. So yes, Thursday, 4 Eastern, 1 Pacific, right here on Dumb Money Live. <laughs> and I already made the uh, thumbnail. I haven't, I haven't posted this yet. This is your first look at the uh, the thumbnail for that video.
1: <laughs> Dave. Uh, did you guys catch either one of you guys catch my Twitter exchange with Ty Lopez on Saturday night or Sunday uh, no, night? No, you texted
0: me about it, but it. I haven't dug it deep enough into, uh, Jeez. into your Twitter. So, so <laughs> or his Twitter, I guess. Let me let me turn on Jeez. your uh, tweets and retweets here. Uh,
1: yeah, his yeah. So I basically tweeted out that he. So for those of you guys who know Ty Lopez, this guy is like the Tom Wu. Of 2020. Okay. If you guys don't know who Tom Boo is, me and Dave, I don't know about no. you, Jordan, but me and Dave <laughs> grew up inspired by this infomercial king, Tom Boo. He was literally like the infomercial king of what did you say, the early 90s, Dave? Yes. He, uh, he was Asian on. American... It, it was a time when we didn't,
0: you know, have that much on television, and I guess <laughs> airtime was cheap because he was always on from his yacht with bikini girls all around him. can you
1: put that image I texted you all? I was Try have that to find it. it. That, was,
0: that was in varsity. He...
1: He yeah. he has the greatest quotes of all time. He's like he's like your friends are poor for a reason. Don't listen to them. <laughs> just the he was the greatest. So I think that Ty Lopez is basically Tom like like reborn. For a new generation. He's in his garage. With his Lambo. Bragging about his Lambo. And behind him. Ty has like. A whole bookshelf. Of like. 500 books. I don't know if he's ever read any of them. Maybe he has. I'm I'm not saying he has. He probably has. But he's all about. You know. Knowledge. And just like. Hustling. And like. Making big money. And his Lambo. You can drive a Lambo like me. He's always in these big houses. And bragging. And all this stuff. Right. And so like. Dude, he bought, him and his partner bought, dre- out of bankruptcy, the, the IP, the intellectual property and the customer list to Dress Barn, Medell Sporting Goods, and and Pier 1. I think he bought them for like literally next to for, nothing. For okay? pennies okay, on the dollar, I'm like- sure. Yeah,
2: I mean, they're already bankrupt. I mean, he's just buying basically the name. But then he puts it, up it, a an- e-commerce-only
0: version of whatever they were. And I went to the Pier 1. It, it's basically like all kinds of Wayfair-style stuff, just way more merchandise than a Pier 1 ever actually had, and it's just, you know, all online, you know, probably drop yeah, shipping from somewhere. Like
2: an, yeah, you probably you probably just put, like, a front end on top of an already existing e-commerce platform and then you brand it, and, uh, you know, then you maybe make some money Why or not. do not? <laughs> Why not? And you know what?
1: This guy is, listen, you you got to give him credit. He is... The hype king, he's right up there with Trevor from Nikola, right? He's right, right? So, like, you know what he wants to do now? He wants to start a SPAC. He wants to roll these things into a SPAC and buy more of them. So I said, you know what? Would you invest in in a Ty Lopez, Dress Barn, Models, Pier 1, uh, Distressed Asset, uh, e-commerce, SPAC, you know what? I'm not a hard no. I'm not a hard no on that because I don't know how that deal ends, but I know how it begins. It begins with one of the best promoters in the world right now, Hyping his spec. And that is a recipe for success in 2020. So you gotta give the guy credit. Well, you know what? Ty was insulted that I said that. And he came back at me. He's like, Oh, you think I'm just a hype guy? You know, you think I'm just a hype guy? I got e-commerce experience. I got finance experience. I used to like work for or work at GE Capital, like I don't know, 15 years ago. I so like listen, Ty, I'm not saying you're not good at e-commerce. I don't know your financial background. I'm not saying it's not good. But as an investor, what I care about is your marketing hype, your ability to promote. That's what we care about. So I wasn't putting it down, Ty. I was saying the thing you have going for you is your ability to promote. And it's 2020, baby. <laughs> Let's, we need SPACs and promoters, man. That's what we are interested in. So I might actually buy your SPAC. I don't know if I'm going to keep it more than 30 days. But I might actually buy it if you can pull the deal together. So good luck to you, man. I, I'm watching.
0: I, yeah, I, I definitely would consider that. And you know, SPAC's the new IPO. And uh, if you got, if you have momentum behind you, and it's it's just crazy enough to work, right? Now, speaking of crazy, this this story about SoftBank and how they potentially actually drove the market way up to all time record highs, and also. Potentially uh, cause this correction, crash, whatever you want to call it. This this flash sale of uh, all stocks are at a huge discount. Dow down 400 points as we speak. I saw this. Chris, you sent me a link. I saw I read the Wall Street Journal article. This is you want to talk about the mechanics of this? Basically, they bought four billion dollars worth of tech stocks, including all of the, you know, Tesla Am- Apple, you know, all, all of the big companies. And then they simultaneously were buying call options on those going up, and then they were also selling options. They had like fifty billion, fifty was it fifty billion dollars of leverage? Something just absolutely yeah. insane.
1: Um. So, Dave, let's let's just think about SoftBank and what they've done the last five years. Okay, uh, with their Vision Fund, this is not unexpected. They are all about playing. Games with leverage. Right. And because if you think about it, a lot of their success before Vision Fund kind of blew up the last year was that they just just by funding companies, by overfunding companies, that alone created this vicious snowball effect. That basically allowed them to grow bigger and bigger because everyone knew, well, they got all that money from SoftBank, so they must be doing something right. You can't fight against that, right? And the companies would just have all the money, and that would enable them to get bigger and even more hype. And then SoftBank got the benefit of that. Well, the problem was that the market kind of came down before they got to exit a lot of those deals like we were. But honestly, SoftBank was like one year away from having the most massive exits on all of those deals. It could have worked out really well. It didn't. So you know what SoftBank said? They were like, wait a second. What if we can redo the same thing but in the public market, which is a much bigger market, and we're not at the mercy of of having to file IPOs and have everyone scrutinize us on these investments. What if we did it with existing investments that people already bought into and we applied the same exact business model where we just threw so much money and so much leverage into those companies, into those equities? Because when you buy that many options, people, the market makers on the other side of that trade, the people that are taking that trade have to basically purchase the stock illegally. You can't take that trade unless you have enough stock on hand to then sell SoftBank if they want to call the option. So the regulators Enforce that and SoftBank knows that. Okay, yes. so it's kind of like when the Hunts tried to corner the silver market in 1979 by buying up all the world's silver, very similar. The difference is that because these are public markets and they build on themselves, right? And they just build and build and build, right? And then what happens when they start to build? The short short sellers get crushed, right? And then they're forced to buy the stock and it builds even more and it snowballs. And you know what? It worked for them this time. Good for you, SoftBank. Good for you. It was genius, Genius, and it makes so much sense, yeah. doesn't no, it? No, it's it's a mathematical probability, probability that
0: I mean, just like just like a a bookie on sports betting has to like have have as many uh, people. That, that's how odds get made, right? And so if you think of the stock market as kind of like, oh, we've we've have we have four billion dollars betting on this, we have to we have to cover the other side. We we need to break even, right? And so it just it it's genius if you have you know four billion dollars to throw around.
1: Yeah, and they did. But what happened was today, SoftBank is down. Like, And why are they down? Because now that this news is out, SoftBank is realizing that they're just playing with their money. They took on so much risk that if that went the opposite way, if something would have happened this summer that would have brought the market down, regardless of their financial engineering, SoftBank would have lost another 4 billion on top of the, I think it was 12 and a half billion that basically destroyed their vision fund. Okay. So like they are now just seen in the world as being loose with their investors money. And that's not a good thing. So people are, you know, there are pension funds and families around the world that are like, dude, you guys are just going to roll with my money like that. And just, I mean, good for SoftBank, but you got caught. Okay. And now, You look stupid. So you made money short term, but it's going to cost you a lot of AUM assets under management long term because you've been proven you're like the emperor that has no clothes. You're just doing things that are way too risky. And I don't think your investors have a deal with you where you're supposed to be doing stuff like that. Right. And it's just it's not it's not a good move for them. Uh, long-term, even though they did make money off this deal. I, I personally love it. I, I I Do you remember how I had that – do you guys remember when I had that scheme that if I were a bad person, which I'm not, I thought that you can go to a, a casino. I, since I was a little kid, I was trading options, as you guys know, since I was 13 years old. And I was trying to figure out – if you went to a casino, right, and you were to – place a big enough bet if you can get a casino to take a big enough bet from you right like i'm talking the biggest bet in history knowing that if you lost that bet you put everything on black right and if you lost that bet or maybe you can do it over a very short sequence of five or ten bets that you would then buy quickly, you'd be prepared, you'd be mentally prepared to buy options on that casino's ticker, right? We used to would,
0: talk about would, this you know, every single time we were in Vegas. We were standing there, like, if we just had enough money to make a bet, you either double your money on the roulette wheel, or you yeah. cost this corporation so much money that it is something they have to report as a part of their earnings. And you're yeah, there, yeah, yeah. You you walk away from the table... And you immediately place a huge leveraged option trade on their stock.
1: Call, 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 call on, on on the casino. So let's say you lose three hundred million or five hundred million, whatever. You'd have to work this out in advance with the casino, so they'd be willing to take yes. on this number amount of trades. I I never really finesse the math to see if they would let you gamble enough to drive enough of a move of the needle to actually impact sales. But you would do it strategically during a quarter when that casino doesn't generally drive a lot of revenue. So you could have an outsized impact on their earnings. I think at the time I did some math and I thought you can pull this off and with the right number of options, right? <laughs> Cause no one would know this happened for hours at least, right? It would hit the news like maybe the next day, but you could get in there and basically make your money back. Even if you don't make all your money back, Even if you could just tilt the odds a little bit so that you either make, you know, 2x on your money or you lose 30% of your money or 40%, you can still tilt in the odds, right, in your favor. Does that kind of make sense? The the, the thing that I
0: think we finally realized is they're not going to open themselves up to that kind – like they would almost hmm. have to pre-announce that to their investors that – you know as a part of earnings hey we're we're about to take on a trillion dollar bet from some looney tune who wants to uh who wants to put it all on a roulette on a single spin of the roulette wheel
1: which but dave back that- Back in the day, the, the bets – the casinos didn't even make that much money back in the 90s when we used to yes. talk about this, right? So it's like I, I think you could have pulled it off. But the way those casinos traded publicly, even like tens of millions of dollars in win rate over the course of a slow quarter would have made a monumental impact on casinos' earnings. So like, I actually think when I did the math back then that it would have worked. Today, it might be a little tougher. But I love that SoftBank, the, the way they think is the way I think, but they're like – they actually are like the biggest entity in the world and they're and they doing actually do it. it. They're yeah. financially manipulating the market, Wild. right? Wild, Kind of awesome if you think about it. <laughs> so where are we now though? Now that they're out, like I think they're mostly out of this trade. Like, Do we know, you know that? What do this- we know
2: that they're fully out?
1: I don't, I don't know if we I know I don't that know not. that we know fully, but it's been, it's been reported, I think, that they've kind of extracted for, you know, that the trade has kind of mostly been made. I think, I think a big part of that kind of uh, depression in the market last week, kind of this contraction, uh, was partially due to SoftBank as well. So, like, I've always been saying, like, I don't think we need a major catastrophe to bring this market back to normal levels. We just need one big fund, one big firm to say, you know what? We've had it. We're pulling out. And that kind of triggers some algos and then a few of the other funds hear about it. And, you know, I didn't know it was SoftBank. I didn't know it was that big, but I think it was SoftBank that was likely the trigger for last week's events, um, which is fascinating to me. Uh, It just is what it is. Well,
0: the official uh, comment from SoftBank is no comment. A SoftBank spokesperson declined to share anything about this story.
2: (laughs) Yeah, they only they, they you know they, there's certain things that they have to disclose, but they're not going to disclose anything else. Uh,
1: Dave, what is the shirt that everyone's commenting on that you're wearing? Uh, I can't even. You haven't really
0: seen my, my shirt. This is uh, my Japanese Back to the Future shirt.
1: Oh, insane! Where would you get that from? It's awesome. The internet,
0: like like everything, you get it on the internet. No, this this is my favorite of all of the. Like, I'm not going to wear a giant Back to the Future logo, but the Japanese version. You you know, Chris, you and your Japanese wardrobe. He, he, Chris I brags about his shirts
1: that are shirts.
0: Japanese that that have like a undershirt <laughs> like sewn so, like a fake undershirt sewn in so that you just see like a portion of it peeking out. Some someday you'll notice that on the channel and uh, you'll know that that's his <laughs> Japanese shirt. <laughs> this,
1: Japan, Japan just does everything better, right? Like they just do everything better when it comes to that. Absolutely. Uh, that's cool. Back to the future. That, that, that's best movie cool.
0: of all time. <laughs>
1: Dude, look at Metal for Breakfast paying two bucks to help remind everyone to smash a like, dude, Metal for Breakfast. If you guys don't know him, he was our killer editor that we had for a while before he got too big for he's us. He's a TikTok he's megastar. His he's his own. He's his own.
0: <laughs> he knew TikTok was going to be big yeah, before he anyone. He knew TikTok was going to be big before anyone. He was, he was on it. He does, he does the funniest videos there. He also has a YouTube channel. He also, I mean, he's he's on every platform. There, He's something that I can't even remember what it is, but it's some new, it's it's a new platform that, that I'm not even a part of yet.
1: That's why I like having guys like him in the community. Cause like he's on top of it. He just, he, he knows where things are going. And like, we need, by the way, gosh, guys, thank, I kind of say a big thank you to everyone in discord. You guys are crushing it. You're crushing it. If you're not in dumb money's discord right now, go, when this is over, no, not right now when this is over, go to dumb TV forward slash discord, join the community. Uh, that 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 channel, guys, that we have for we have a new high convictions channel in there. Uh, the research channel is amazing. Of course, I love my Peloton channel. I'm I'm literally on there t- two three times a day. Uh, thank you guys for the work you're putting in. Really appreciate S P H research. Yes, I am doing a tremendous amount of S P H research. That's one of our high conviction trades in Discord. And yes, 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 yes. Um, I, we're probably going to do a standalone segment on S P H. That's going to be coming. I have not made my ultimate decision whether to get in that trade or not yet, um, but we will be releasing that shortly, probably on Thursday. Uh, so to follow back with us on Thursday for our big Peloton episode, I'll talk about SPH.
0: Oh, absolutely. Because we do have a, like an hour between when earnings come out and when the earnings call starts. So we are going to have even more than just Peloton. So even if you don't care about Peloton at all, which I'm not a Peloton investor, I'm rooting for my friends and and you viewers who are Peloton shareholders, but- I'm just here for the fun and games. And we're, we're going to have some cool stuff in between. Uh, the In addition to giving away a Peloton, we're going to um, have a lot of good stuff on that show.
1: Uh, Dave, people are asking me, why didn't I roll up my Peloton options that are 70? Why didn't I roll them to higher strike? Who says I'm not? Guys, it's just happened in like the last hour. Like I had to prepare for today's show. Like I have no time to like roll up my options yet. But I might I might roll those options up to like an 80 strike. It's, it's probably something I'm going to do before earnings yeah i'll probably Uh, do that you
0: know what it was actually um it was metal for Breakfast's um twitter account that linked to his twitch account that made me realize we should really be on twitch so in addition to being on youtube and also i think facebook and twitter right now we are also look at this we're on twitch right now live
2: Ah, it's cool that's
0: super cool (laughs) so uh to Um, the one person watching us on twitch thanks for watching (laughs) <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll make it someday
1: um okay so that 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 soft bank listen i don't care about i think the soft bank thing it's come and gone i think that story is interesting uh it's not going to impact the way i trade the market moving forward uh i do think some of these fluffy valuations it, that stuff just has to come down at some point right i i I'm now focused more on true social arb stuff, guys. The stuff that we're great at, right? Momentum, follow the market and just lever in. But let's look at the stories. Like I'm I'm following up, I'm doing research on five different trades right now. Also, the gun trade, I think, is still red hot. Uh ammo. Uh Jordan, I'm really glad that you got more, uh, you got some Vista outdoors because, dude. You know, people are seeing that those gun numbers are down 20 percent month over month in terms of the registrations or FBI background check report. But, you know, Smith and Wesson, they've already come out and said, listen, guys, we're selling all the guns we can make. The, The numbers are down because there's no guns available to buy. Okay, so, you know, that everybody's ramping up production. Ammo is ramping up production. We already know that Vista Outdoors says they're trying to ramp up production. They're trying to produce ammo 24 hours a day. So, like, I think that there is still some risk. On these gun stocks and in the ammo stocks like Vista going into uh, the election, if Trump wins the election, I think they can come way down really quickly. But, man, I think it's a hot, hot trade right now, guys. And I, I'm not selling any of my Vista. I have 100% of my Vista outdoors. I haven't sold any of it.
0: Uh, since, since announcing that we were on Twitch, I've noticed a few uh, names pop up on the screen. I didn't even realize I had that connected, but... Uh... Those those apparently are our new Twitch followers. So welcome. We have we have six people <laughs> watching us on Twitch now, <laughs> but welcome, over eight hundred yeah, on YouTube. So uh, YouTube is still our our uh, main channel and where you can find our live chat. And maybe if you chat us over on Twitch, maybe that gets pulled in too. I don't know.
1: Try. It. Um, Dave, are we? Did we talk about Disney yet? This is super... No, but we need to talk...
0: We promised people that we would talk about Tesla and their red flags. And um, Ah. a couple of big, big things happened, including the stock falling through the floor, 30%. Um, And I'm not sure how much... You sent me a a link to um, the the Consumer Reports article where they basically just blasted... uh, Tesla and their self-driving vehicle technology as just being vaporware. Does anybody read Consumer Reports or care about Consumer Reports anymore? That that I want to I want to know your thoughts on that. Um, but also, just in general, is is Tesla something that that we should ramp up on into um, Battery Day? Uh, we we know that they weren't included in the S and P 500 this time around, but it's not unprecedented for the S and P 500 to do a second round of, um, you know, within the same month even. But definitely, you know, it's not like they're just not ever going to add Tesla to the S&P.
1: Yeah. Listen, Dave, I think what people need to understand here is that funds have been buying Tesla for the past four or five weeks, okay? They've been buying it. Why? Because everyone has just assumed this was happening. The S&P was happening. So there's different strategies that different funds have. Some funds kind of buy well in advance because they don't want to get caught with their pants down after everyone's forced to get into the S&P. Some funds wait to the last minute. But there are a lot of funds that have been adding forcing themselves to increase their position because they have a certain allocation to S&P the s 500 right and that is all unwinding right now okay guys a lot of this tesla move is simply an unwinding of that trade that's been was an irrational trade that's been going on for the past month. So that's just something you have to understand. I don't know how long that's going to last for. That's why I sold half of my Tesla. I'm happy to double down on Tesla if I think this thing starts to bottom. But that unwinding is a really, really big deal. Guys, do you know that the S&P came out and basically said that one, the reason why they didn't put Tesla in the S&P 500 is because they're not giving them credit for their government credits, okay, those green credits as revenue. But guys, what does that mean for the future? Because they're gonna have those green credits for a while, even though they're getting smaller and smaller every quarter. They might get bigger if Biden comes in and gets elected. So is the SP just saying we're gonna ignore you? The other thing is, they actually said that they didn't let them in because they were too big and it was a complex, like they're only gonna get bigger. Dude, what is – it doesn't but even I mean, make any sense. I mean, sense. It, it,
0: it literally makes sense, though, that they have to kind of drag their heels because it is going to change the the makeup of the S&P so dramatically that they just – I feel like they're just they, – they know they're going to have to do it, and they wanted to give all of these funds a little bit more time to prepare, right? Okay. They, they've had their – four. They, they acknowledge they have their four quarters, right? They, they, they have this whole report on Tesla – Um, and, and all, basically it's all like, yes, that we, we acknowledge they did their, they have all of the things that they needed to do to qualify. And we know that they're going to do it. It's just, is it, is it this month? Is it next quarter? Is it, is it next year? I think it's going to happen sooner than
1: later. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. And I think this is now I think it goes it becomes a tailwind for Tesla. I truly believe this actually ironically becomes a long term tailwind because we're going to get through this flush out. I don't know if it lasts another day or two days uh, at some point whenever it's done uh, and Tesla starts to stabilize over the course of the next year. It becomes a tailwind because, you know, no, no, when it's coming. But you do know what's coming, right? They can't keep them out of the S&P 500 forever. And here's the real problem. Ready for this, guys? What if Tesla just continues to grow for the next year? Could you imagine how big of a problem that becomes in terms of their stock price, getting them into the S&P 500 a year from now? Yeah, yeah. That creates a major issue. They just, the issue gets bigger and bigger. and that And that snowballs. All of a sudden, it becomes a financial engineering game again. So that's why I truly think this is a tailwind. I'm not... Even though I sold off half my Tesla, I still kept half. I got 1,000 shares. And I'm open to adding if it falls much further from here, quite honestly. I'm Jordan, just- how are you not in Tesla here at all? You got to get in before Battery Day. You got to get get a hundred shares, get ten shares, get something, so we can talk to you about Tesla, and you can be part of the fanboy club.
2: Come Look, on, you can you can uh, you can talk to me about Tesla all day long. I'm just not I'm just not buying it here. I can't do it. I just can't pull the trigger. If we come down a little bit more, maybe I'll pick up a few shares for Battery Day. Um, but I'm just I'm just I don't I'm not excited at this price.
0: Yeah. Well, and you you say that you have a a, your own little price target, right? I think
2: it's a great company. I follow them. I read all the articles. I you know, if we get a decent price, maybe I'll buy some. Yeah, and just uh, so
1: John Liu says, Chris, but what if Tesla doesn't perform? Well, that's a great question. But again, I think in terms of, I was more worried about Tesla not performing a year ago than I'm worried about them performing today because Tesla. Just has pretty good global tailwinds in terms of China, right? uh, Right now, Uh, they're putting a lot of momentum behind the Tesla brand manufacturing. China's
2: big for Tesla, but Europe is really uh, showing some weakness
1: for for Tesla.
2: Um, But
1: that's not new, right? That's not new. It is kind of new.
2: I mean, it's it's getting worse, right? So they they started out being the number one, and they have uh, pulled back. They are no, are they even in the top ten of? of EV makers right now in Europe. I don't I don't even think they're that high. I'd have to double yeah. check.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, Europe, I'll give you that. But again, you got to realize the way people think about Tesla, I think what they have to do the next year, Jordan, let's not talk about 10 years, the next year in terms of sales, I think Tesla is going to achieve that. Even with Europe being a little bit of a drag, okay. I think Tesla. When you think about Tesla long term, you're not thinking about cars as much as you're thinking about, you know, this company that's going to be involved with the, you know, the new world energy, right? Um, and there's just things that are self driving and all this technology that might or might not happen. I don't know, but I don't think we'll know the answer to those questions this next year. So I think Tesla is more likely to hit their numbers and continue to perform this next year because you know what now I think I think Elon has a chip on his shoulder and it's for that S&P 500 inclusion okay and I don't think I think this really is going to motivate him to do whatever it takes to burn them okay <laughs> because they're now at war they're old wall street the s p listen listen S&P the company right S&P Global I tweeted this out they now have basically come out and said, we're at war with Tesla, all right? And that's not a war I don't think they're going to win. Uh, you think they're going to keep them out of the S&P 500 forever? No, Elon's going to do whatever it takes. He's going to go crazy this next year to where they have to include him at some point. I think this is a good thing for Tesla long term. I really is. I think it means that Tesla is not peaking right now. Yeah. Because uh, don't you feel like an S&P inclusion right now and the big price, well, that would just like be a peak? I think this lights a little fire right under Elon. Right. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And I saw in the chat, Jordan, we have people saying that you should just sell some puts at the price that you're wanting to buy. I might be doing
1: that too, because I, I love, I I love that as a strategy to get a little bit more of a discount. Yeah. Not a bad idea. I don't, I mean, that's the thing I is, don't, I don't think like, we're
2: going to get there. I don't think we're going to get to that two fifty range where, I, where I'd be comfortable buying it. I think it's going to float around here and keep
0: selling puts every week.
2: Up. I, I don't take,
0: know. Take, take your, uh, take your little money and you can yeah. inch your way up just on the, uh, on the premium you're collecting.
1: Um, by the way, guys, if you want to know some of the other stuff that we're working on right now, uh, Nvidia has a new chip. Uh, I know some of y'all are talking about it, uh, here in the chat. Uh, they have a new chip that is just... I don't know if you've seen some of the reviews on this chip, guys. Oh, have, it's everything it was rumored to be. I just a
0: 10-second clip from uh, Linus Tech Tips uh, on YouTube.
1: Same thing I did. It, RTX 3070 is going to outperform a 2080 Ti <laughs> at less than half the price. $499. Isn't video insane? I mean, even with all the leaks indicating that Ampere was going to be super powerful... I was in no way ready for this.
0: And that's what I like to hear is when the when when Linus is unprepared for it, you know the market's unprepared for it. And I will tell yeah, you look, here's a... earlier in the year, I basically made a a put or I think I sold short uh Intel stock because of something I read on Twitter, deep in the Twitter verse of of people thinking that uh Apple is going to be shifting away from intel chips and then that came to fruition and and we know that apple is moving to apple silicon and we also know that uh apple is uh they just announced a uh, an event where they just might be showing us the new iphone september 10th uh, september 15th sorry at uh 10 pacific time so we we should live stream that too i love live apple events
1: uh you do like you i i i love them but not as much as you do you're you're I'll, all about them
2: i'll tell you what i i don't know half of what that guy said on that video that we watched but man i love that he was that excited about it that <laughs> makes me want to go buy i've already NVIDIA. owned some nvidia but it makes me want to
1: buy some more well you know like nvidia it's it just got so high it's so I crazy know. like there's so much hype around nvidia this year it's like what what could what's not priced into nvidia and you know it's it's flattened out a little bit recently with this tech kind of you know kind of compression of of, of valuations here over the last few days. I mean, it's one of those so, that
0: I like. Dropping, that I like buying. I don't have 20. Nvidia right now, and I would uh, actually this is this is at the top of my shopping list this afternoon.
2: I mean, is All it right. down? What, is it down like fifteen percent, Dave? Yeah, from like their it's highs. Let's see.
0: Put the percentage on. Drag it closer to the high here. Yeah, thirteen,
1: four.
2: Yeah, around fifteen percent. Yeah, fourteen percent. Yeah, I mean that's that's a that's a pretty good little correction,
1: Dave. Dave they're at the sh- top of my shopping list for this week, but I have more work to do before I pull the trigger. You know what else is on the top of my shopping list? Your favorite stock, one of your favorite stocks. The stock, one of my biggest regrets. It's a it's a Dave Hansen stock. He talks about it. I just I feel oh. the way. That you I, I feel probably when I talk about Peloton, right? Dave? Yeah, this, this is my Peloton for day. Match.com, right? Oh, yes. Match.com is a company I've wanted to own for so long, and for whatever reason, I always talk myself out of it. And I'm spending some time this week. Going deep on Match.com to see if now is the right time for me to finally build a position. Um,
0: I, I thought so you were. I, I, I do love Match.com, and it is one of my holdings. I thought you were going to say Wayfair, which is also at a nice discount price right now. If you if you if you like cheap furniture, Wayfair scotch would you? <laughs> with Wayfair scotch what you need? Isn't that their jingle?
1: I own I own Wayfair Day, but between me and you, like I don't know if i want to own wayfair when this whole pandemic is over like that's a stock that i plan to like you know peloton's a stock that i plan to when it when it drops when the whole pandemic's over which it will i'm gonna buy more peloton when when the the pandemic drop hopefully i would have sold my wayfair before it drops significantly when the pandemic ends that's just not a stock i want to be in the next two years right i'd rather be in a restoration hardware even which is weird to say as a brick and mortar company i think they have more pricing power and leverage uh over the consumer over the next 10 15 years is one of the last brick and mortars that can figure out a way to make it work touched on this earlier i
0: I mean wayfair is now competing with uh lopez's peer one because they seem to have identical merchandise from the identical dropship vendors
1: they sure yeah. do. Here's the here's the problem for Ty. Uh, Ty, Wayfair like loses money on most of that <laughs> stuff. That's right. Wayfair has massive massive scalability and economies of scale, right? Ty is never going to get those economies of scale, so he has to rely on the brand power of Peer One. And I just don't think Peer One has that much brand power. But who knows? He can pull off a, a magic trick there. Maybe maybe, maybe he will. Um, Dave, have you give you guys seen the uh, restoration hardware they're putting up right next to my restaurant on Knox Street with the rooftop restaurant? They're basically mimicking the same thing that they have in New York in the Meatpacking District. This thing is going to be so mind-blowingly cool. I don't think people understand how good of a job they do at these store builds. It is like next, like next level. Uh, thinking for a brick and mortar brand and I don't like brick and mortar brands, but like, I'm just so impressed with what, what they're doing right now in these cities with these marquee stores.
0: No, I, I uh, love those, those stores and I have not actually seen what they have planned for, uh, the Dallas location right next to your restaurant, which right now, so, they, I mean, they've had a so store there for, for, uh, decades um no a they single store it a single gone. story you know just showroom style store but uh, i'm looking to see if they have any pictures i can't find up on google but Dude,
1: Dave, i do love Dave, their like Dave.
0: in miami they have one uh new york is like if you're going to if you're going to go to a co-working space just forget about it just go to the restoration hardware and just hang out there all day <laughs>
1: um i i i think uh yeah by the way it's it's all about that rooftop restaurant as i said it's 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 sick the design the design's amazing um by the way quantum Scape volkswagen uh, guys i need to talk about this one too like i feel like oh another spec do i really want to like throw money in another spec hey it's been working for me uh quantum scape is volkswagen's answer to tesla's kind of batteries you know it's solid state battery it's not lithium iron it's like this kind of a new tech they're claiming they're claiming some pretty big things, and they're going to throw this out in a SPAC, guys. It's yeah. already doubled the underlying ticker that the SPAC is going to absorb. Uh, I don't know, man. I might I might take a flyer in that thing. I got to do more research on them this week as well. But these are the stocks that we're looking at. So much going on this week. Also, God, we haven't even talked about Disney yet. No, I have been looking at Nintendo all year, and you know what I've been saying, guys. This, you know how I check uh, tags on Twitter, sellouts, and just buzz. The Nintendo Switch has been like on the top of like my sellout list every day for the past nine months. Like no matter, it doesn't matter. They just continue to sell this thing out. And every time I see this thing selling out, I say, I can't buy Nintendo going into a a cycle refresh in gaming hardware when Nintendo doesn't have anything to compete with the PS5 or the new Xbox. Like in my mind, all the heat is going to be on Sony. And by the way, Sony could be a really interesting trade. I think they have an announcement maybe coming this week on the PS5, this week. So if, if I'm thinking about maybe picking up some Sony this week because I really want to go in hard on the cycle refresh. But like Nintendo, man, they're just crushing it. And I feel like I've got to have some Nintendo now too. Like this is why I sold all those stocks. I have to make room for like new entries into my book this week. Also, I know this sounds insane, but GameStop, you know, the story behind GameStop, right? Like the former, the co-founder of Chewy bought into GameStop and GameStop has been flying the past couple of weeks. Their short interest is so high and all of a sudden GameStop is starting to get a lot of buzz with the Robinhood traders, a lot of buzz on Wall Street bets. I'm seeing GameStop, GameStop, GameStop all over. Maybe I I haven't made a decision, but GameStop could be an interesting trade for just kind of a short window social arb, uh, you know, trade just based on short covering and hype into the PS5 Xbox cycle. Things are going to heat up here and people can get caught with their pants down having to buy up GameStop even more than they already are. I don't want to be in GameStop very long. But it it has all, like, all the, like, it has the marquee investor from Chewy, right? Like, it has all these these interesting things happening right now. High short interest, lots of buzz on Wall Street bets. But is it, like, I mean, is it,
2: do people even, is it even relevant anymore now they because, you know, I mean, you can buy all these games just directly on, like, the PlayStation Store. You don't even need to go into a game store anymore.
1: Platforms they're relevant for buying platforms because GameStop still gets a heavy allocation of platforms. And when every single PS five is going to sell out and every single Xbox is going to sell out this fall yeah. and winter. But you can't get it on Amazon. Every, you're going to your local GameStop. Yes. And you know what, Jordan? That means you know when you go to pick up that PS five at GameStop, guess where you guess where you're gonna go pick it up? At GameStop. Now one out of every two or three or four customers isn't just going to pick up the PS5. They're going to walk into GameStop and they're going to get a couple games because they're in GameStop. Maybe they'll pick up a couple uh, you know, Funko Pops, right? I mean, whatever. So it's like it's just going to drive their revenue and it's it's a short-term thing. But in this market with Robinhood investors and hype and all this stuff, like... I mean, as soon as Robinhood starts
0: investing in it, if if we can just get Dave Portnoy to start talking about it, and we already have Wall Street bets talking about it, that's going to be... I mean, people are rolling out of the other tech stocks. Let's get into an old-school brick-and-mortar game retailer.
1: Yeah, Michael Burry from The Big Short, everyone's talking about this in the chat. He's also one of the guys behind GameStop. What's really interesting is... Michael Burry is actually a pretty smart guy, but he has made some bad trades the last few years. Um, Listen, he's like an actual believer in GameStop. And I I once read his thesis, and I don't even remember what it was. I'm not, like, necessarily getting on the Michael Burry train here. He's in it. It's just one of those things that kind of gets the buzz going when something else is going that's right for GameStop. It's a short-term trade for me if I make it, and I haven't made that decision yet. Um, or has it already yeah. run
0: up too much and then the rug's gonna get pulled out from under them once uh those Robin Hood investors want to uh get back into Tesla.
1: Um Yeah. No, I, it, it, it's it's uh I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not I haven't pulled the trigger yet. I'm looking let's, at Let's it, talk a little more stuff. about
0: uh Disney and Disney Plus releasing Mulan. Uh
1: it's
2: a direct they're uh, they're releasing it direct,
1: right? Uh yes. yes. And so guys, this is the dream for me. Like this is the dream for Disney. This is I I I'm I'm not big into Disney right now with what's going on with the parks. I'm actually shocked it's trading where it is. I'm yeah. not like a super bowl when it comes to Disney plus yet. But I have been saying for years and Dave, you know this. I've been talking to you about this for like literally 15 years the paradigm shift for a company like disney and i was praying that they were thinking about this and and this pandemic is the ultimate opportunity is what if they could go straight to the consumer with every single release, have it be a true high-dollar release, and I don't mean $30, which is what they're going to charge for Mulan, I think. How about 55 oh, bucks, 60 exactly. bucks? Exactly. I wish it would go the, there. The price it would
0: cost I to go for change. a family of four to a movie theater and buy a snack is a, a perfect retail price for um, releasing a movie direct, right?
1: Yeah, Yeah. And by the way, Dave, put it in the theater as well. Right. Like I would love for Disney to eventually have the leverage to say, you know what, if these theater chains get weaker and weaker, that the the distributors get stronger and stronger. They could say, you know what, here's the way it's going to be. We're Disney. And if you want our movie, you can have our movie, but it's no longer exclusive. We are going to sell it at the same exact time it hits theaters. The same exact time, yeah. or maybe we'll give you one week. I don't know. We're going to sell it direct on the Disney Plus channel for 50 bucks, whatever so it is, right? December 4th, and, and you can way- buy
0: it for $29.99 exclusively. If you, you have to have both a Disney Plus subscription and pay an extra 30 bucks, and then you get it a week before its release in theaters, which that, that should be the yeah. new model. I mean, Hollywood is broken. We yeah. need to change the way the theatrical releases work. And we've been, we've been and saying they, this, this should happen for, for 10 years, but uh, it looks like they're finally catching up.
1: But do you know why that's important? It's because it's all about the marketing window. Studios spend so much money and so hyped around release when it hits theatrical. By the time it hits DVD, they try to do another little mini promo release. Yeah. But at that point... How many movies have you wanted to see back in the day when they came out in the theater, you didn't, and then you forget about it? When the big media
0: push was going on right at the initial release, but you're like, for for whatever reason, you didn't see it then, and then you completely forget about it. And then when it's available on your streaming service, you don't even – if it doesn't pop up, if they don't pay to get in front of you, you're never going to actually go see that movie. If if they just consolidated all of their spend – and, and used all of the marketing dollars for a single push in all the places you can see it instead of having the traditional windows where it goes to theaters and then it goes to this like pay-per-view and like airlines get it. And then eventually um, it has maybe a re-release and then a home, uh, like a home video DVD release. And then it goes into a, a like a Netflix, uh, you know, everybody gets it kind of release Just spend all of that upfront, get people to spend the most money wherever they want to watch it on the day that you're spending all of the money in marketing.
1: Yeah. I think it's a big deal guys. This Mulan, let's, I'm going to see how it does. Listen, I'm going to take a closer look at the data this week. The data looks really strong so far, by the way, I see a lot of people that are in our discord and they're like, Oh, look at the Google trends chart on Mulan. It's like through the roof. But like guys, when you do that, you need to set a benchmark, right? So like seeing a Google Trends chart for something like Mulan, the movie, or stream Mulan, stuff like that, it doesn't really mean anything unless you compare it to a benchmark at the same timeline. So if you look at another movie, like what was the one that Disney released earlier this year? Was it Hamilton Hamilton, or was it something else? So like if you do like stream Hamilton and stream Mulan, and then you can start to get a sense For how it, and and it's hard to compare it unless you know for Hamilton what the date was.
0: No, I think we can tell what the date was. It's where that giant spike hit.
1: (laughs) Well, hold on. on. Uh, No, 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 because Dave, you can, that could have been Dave, after the release. We're still pre release with Mulan. So it's not fair. And we we would have to look at the actual dates
0: because back here there were these two little um, spikes april 5th and um april march 15th those could have been when yeah. it was initially announced and if you compare that to this announcement mulan is way higher than hamilton so we'd have to go so, back and, and look at a calendar and figure out what happened with hamilton and and when they announced it or and was it a rumor in that first spike in the actual news and then people trying to find it uh was that or, giant spike?
1: Or, Dave, you could just wait. You can wait to the release weekend, which is when that big spike has happened, and see how to the degree to which uh, Mulan moves higher or lower uh, than Hamilton on that release weekend, right? And so there's, you just have to have a benchmark, right, guys? And there's more than Hamilton. There's other benchmarks that you can look at here. Just be really careful when you're looking at data to have an appropriate benchmark. That's all I'm saying. Oh, uh, Mulan is out? Did Mulan come out? This week? I thought it was coming out uh, this next week on on streaming. Is it already streaming on Disney Plus? It says,
0: I mean, literally it says watch it a week before it's released to all Disney Plus. Oh, I I read that wrong. It's Disney Plus subscribers get it in advance of the premium subscriber. The Premier Access subscribers get it ahead of the normal subscribers. So, yes, I guess it did actually already come out.
1: Okay,
2: so it did come out. So there. So, it, it's
1: doing well, but, but like but everybody
2: certainly... gets it on December fourth or something. Okay, right?
1: guys. But okay, so so what I'm saying is, when you're looking at that, it didn't. It's not doing as well as Hamilton did in terms of general interest and in word of mouth and search in terms of streaming, but it still did pretty good. But yeah. this could be a so game Mulan, changer. Mulan came Disney out a few
0: days general. ago, September fourth, according to a quick Google search,
1: right. Great. Sorry, guys, for not being prepared. That's my bad. Um, I, I love it. I'm not buying more Disney. Disney is my forever stock, as people said. Like I have my share allotment of Disney. I'm sticking with it. Um, I'm not levering up in the Disney here, but I'm I'm gonna watch it. Like, like I said, if this becomes more of a of a of a sequential thing where it's happening over and over and over again, I think it could really start to impact their earnings. It makes me more comfortable. Uh, with the theatrical division during a pandemic like this, if this ends up lasting another year. Uh, Guys, what else, man? There's just so much stuff. Do we we talk
0: enough about the Peloton uh, new Bike Plus upgrade and their new treadmill?
1: Well, yeah. So I did study a lot of the uh, early reaction to that, even pre-release. But this morning, there was a lot of buzz on Twitter. I was trying to figure out are people going to upgrade? It's a $700 upgrade, which I think is genius, right? So if you have an old bike, you can pay $700 to upgrade. So what, what um, exactly is the upgrade? People... Is,
0: it, is it a new bike or is it a add-on to your existing bike or is it Mm-mm. just a software patch? No, so it's, it's, it's a
2: new bike. It looks, it looks very similar, right? So it's the same basic setup. You've got your screen. Um, you've got the dial knob to, for resistance. The biggest thing is that the screen rotates, um, which is you know, as we know, Peloton isn't just doing bikes, they're also doing like yoga classes and fitness classes. So with that rotating screen now, you can be beside your bike and still watch the content, pay attention to the instructor and and do your yoga class or whatever routine you're going to get into. And also, um, on the screen, you can hit a lock button. And then now um, you're Resistance will you know gauge up and down along with the uh with the instructor, and you don't have to you know reach down and, and dial in your resistance anymore um, so, and then so, some so, minor wait, things it, you know it's it, got like a sound bar it's an upgraded screen things like that
0: but it's basically a seven hundred dollar hinge to move the screen and a different knob That's
2: right you could just you could get a saw and a and a hinge for thirty bucks at home depot and get the sit no
0: <laughs> i mean no, because, you, yes, Jordan,
2: you can
1: There's I can also
0: talking about that I one. have a new hinge for this monitor.
1: Hey. You guys can't even see that. <laughs> it, actually, you, you could do it for sixty bucks. <laughs> you can get a hinge for the old yeah. honor. But David, it also works with with the Apple Watch and iGym. Um, it's a new bike. Listen, I was really concerned. I, I, one, I was concerned that people were going to complain about the price drop that they weren't getting credit. But Peloton is crediting everyone who's bought one in thirty days. The last thirty days, they're going to credit them back the difference. There is still a handful of complaints about Twitter. I don't think it's a big issue. Uh, I see a lot of people saying they do want to upgrade to the new bike. I think Peloton, from what I hear, is going to start selling refurbished bikes because for $700, bucks they will pick up your old bike refurbish it and resell it again. That opens up the market because if they're selling that old bike for what, $1,850, I would imagine the refurbished ones are probably going to go for like $1,450, right? Man, I can uh, see that
2: flying, right? People, people, you can't, so like you can't right now really even get a discount for a um, non-refurbished, just a used bike on the internet. If you're trying to get one, people are charging price. almost full price just to get their used bike.
1: Yeah, so it's good timing on this, right? But what I also like about this, guys, is it tells me, and this is where you have to really read kind of behind the story, I know that Peloton has been making major moves this summer to increase manufacturing, but also to increase their distribution and also delivery. And for them to pull this move right now tells me that they're comfortable with their supply lines and they're comfortable with their ability to deliver bikes because for them to say that they're gonna come out to your house and pick up your old bike to basically just give you a new bike, that's not even necessarily adding a new customer until someone now buys the old bike from Peloton, right? Which they that's, will.
2: I mean I, I that's a hundred percent. That they're creating a new customer out of thin air and a customer that wasn't gonna spend the two grand for the bike, but now they'll spend the fifteen hundred bucks
1: for the reconditioned it's, bike. It's great. It's a good long-term plan, Jordan. But in the very short term, I would think it's a little dangerous because they're having to reallocate uh, deliveries to something that doesn't immediately result in a new subscriber that day. So it's like twice as much work to get a new subscriber. I agree with you. Long-term, it has to happen. It's genius. Um, But listen, I think Peloton... Dave, I know you've had an issue in the past with, with some of the management moves, and I kind of agree with you with some of the past management moves. Mm-hmm. I have been studying their management, their moves, all summer long. I'm so impressed with what they're doing with their supply chain, uh, their bikes. They're still trying to catch up on customer service to, in some regard, but I do like management. I think they're making the right decisions here. I'm just super impressed. I envision, Guys, I told you this. I envision... Uh, a day ten years from now, uh, when most houses holds at least affluent households around the world, the same way that you might have, you know, I don't know, a theater room, like that, that having a fitness room, having health. I would not short health. This this is the generation of health, and it wasn't no, I, that I, long ago. I completely ago
0: agree, we- and I actually think that the like the fitness room, and I, it, it, this is this is future. This is future looking, but. All of these houses that have a, like, spot for you to park a vehicle, you're not going to need that anymore. So you're going to turn that into your home gym. <laughs> it already has a concrete floor. It already It's it's a large enough room. You just put mirrors up, refinish the floor. You're going to have to add air conditioning and a fan, but uh, that's where that's the gym of the future. Everybody has one already in wherever they live.
1: I, s- I feel it. I, I really do. I feel it because... Remember, it wasn't that long ago that yoga studios didn't even exist, okay? It wasn't that long before that that gyms didn't exist. I know we think of gyms. Oh, they've been around for hundreds of years. No, they haven't. The whole concept of working out is generally a new thing when it comes to our human culture, okay, in that way. So we're really in the front end of this, and things could change really quickly. I truly believe in 10 or 15 years or 20 years— the thought of not having health in your home and fitness in your home is going to be insane, almost whatever that means to you, right? But even if you don't use it, you're going to kind of have it. And what I love about Peloton is, like Jordan, it's a lot easier to cancel a gym membership than it is to cancel a Peloton membership because the Peloton membership you still got a big piece of equipment in your house, right? So you kind of feel guilty, like um, it's a sunk cost, right? When you have a sunk cost,
2: yeah, you, I know you and can. It's a better sell deal, it. right? For for forty bucks, your whole family gets to gets basically a gym membership, right? With yeah. any sort of class that they want to do, yoga, they want to it's do bike, they oh, want to do whatever right. they want to do. It's great. Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, but so, what but, gyms really came about? What in the fifties with Jack Lelane? Was that when they started to get popular?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, you're yeah. right. You're right. And guys, uh, for those of you you probably heard this. I'm I'm in the new Jack uh, Schwager book. Um, uh, Market Wizards. In, market wizards unknown um, market wizards that comes out in november a question that he asked me he said what would you differently like what was one of your regrets um and i said honestly jack my, my biggest regret is not going in bigger on my highest conviction trades i feel that over the past 20 years 15 years if i would have went bigger on my high conviction trades rather than turning 20k into 30 million because that's what it is it's it's 20k to 30 million over the past 15 years um you know and then i took taxes out of that I think I would have easily have done 100 million easily like easily 20k to 100 million in the last 14 years if I would have just gone in a little bit deeper on my highest conviction trades and Peloton is a high conviction trade for me it's a big part of why I'm up like 15 million this year um, I, and, Are you serious? I, honestly, I don't know that
0: you could have gone that much deeper on your highest conviction trades because I remember yeah, back definitely. 15 years ago you were like 90% 100% of your net worth in a single
1: high conviction trade but Dave that was an equity trade not an options trade when i trade options i know this is going to sound insane on my high conviction option trades i would only put like 15 to 20% of my portfolio on an, an expiring trade.
2: I would, option trade i would have just put
1: i would have loved to have put 40% back then and i think i would have if i can go back in time and so that's why today you know I, i'm i'm fine taking the position I have in Peloton and it's pretty significant. And I'm going to get crushed on Friday if this thing disappoints, but I'm willing to live with that risk because these opportunities just don't come around very often. And I know that I've been doing this now for 15 years, this social arb stuff. And listen, I don't know when the next Peloton is going to come around when I really have that type of conviction. I kind of regret not going in heavier into Peloton back in May. Remember we had that seven-figure day? In my head, that should have been, like, almost an eight-figure day. And, and like, I just – I feel like I I regret that, you know? And I – so I'm I'm in pretty heavy. I wanted to be in heavier this week, and I'm disappointed Peloton went up today. I really wanted to – increase that position to at least a thousand contracts, if not twelve hundred. And now I'm not so sure if I wanna do that, right? At, at these levels. Uh so anyway, I,
0: is it too late for me to uh, get into Peloton?
1: Absolutely dude, I rebought my I'm rebuying my position every minute of every day that I don't sell it. You know that's my methodology. So no, you need to own Peloton because Dave, I think Peloton could be a four hundred dollar stock. Like I, I think I think Peloton can go up Uh, five to six to seven x from where it is now over the coming years i really truly believe that um by the way this is a good time to remind everyone we're not financial uh advisors so we're never going to tell you what to do because we don't know what your risk is okay your risk tolerance so do not do what we do we know our risk tolerance not yours so please don't mimic our trades this is for education and maybe a little entertainment it's probably more
0: entertaining than educational at this point
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh by the way
0: before we go anyway. I did want to uh I I found the uh Tom Vu. we we talked a little about him earlier I I found an actual um video love clip it. of uh of that original thing that used to always be on television oh, Do you remember this? this? I mean we watched this so much. Yes. This is this is yes, this is I one do. of his happy customers who's showing his check of of uh, $15,000 that he made. I mean
1: you, oh, you can't I love Tom you, you you
0: just can't do better than tom vu when it comes to selling programs on television and here he is on his yacht always always on his yacht with random and he had he had the greatest quotes too like in addition to saying that uh you know you deserve to you deserve to uh, be poor um he would say do you think these girls like me no they like me because i'm rich <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's awesome
0: so good so good
1: so great so great um by the way i like i'm i've been getting texts i got a little loud earlier my wife again is texting me saying the kids are now in school <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> downstairs you cannot do this anymore like i <laughs> all right well <laughs> evidently i'm disrupting my kids school. if we don't have anything else are to talk yelling? about i think I, it is I, about I time you, for us to wrap it up today. yeah yeah we gotta wrap we gotta wrap it up. guys that was before a lot. you Thursday. go please don't do. miss thursday's episode though what, what's that Thursday's episode is going to be insane. Absolutely, Not only are we going to potentially get – wait, what's our rule on the bike? Are we going to say that if it opens up – I'll just say this. If it closes the aftermarket hours up one penny or – opens up the next no, we, morning. We, we have to
0: give it away on the show. So basically, it has to tick up in oh, after oh. hours. From wherever it closes on, at the end of the day, if it ticks up, if it goes in the green at all from the closing price at, um, for the market price that day, that, we then...
1: Okay, this is after earnings. It has to be after earnings, though. Oh, yeah, exactly, exactly.
0: So, as soon as the earnings come earnings. out, if it's higher, we give away the bike, and if it just tanks and falls apart, I mean we don't right unless you just feel generous oh my
1: god dave our, our new episode just got is ready to go do you want to you want to talk about that it's launching oh absolutely uh, let's let's talk about that, that and that is
0: our um it's it's our would you rather between Penn National and DraftKings. And it I I haven't even seen the video yet, but I'm sure it has been edited to perfection and it is going to be amazing. But before you go over there, please do smash the like button here. It really does help us out with the YouTube algorithm. If you're not already subscribed, do that now on this channel. Before you go over to the other channel, the original channel, it's youtube.com slash dumb money. Subscribe to both. Also, be sure you subscribe to my other channel. Hey there, Dave here. Listen to us anytime. We have our stuff on, as a podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, we're on all of them. You follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, uh, Facebook, Periscope, We're on Twitch now. Thank you guys so much for watching. We're Dumb Money.
1: Dave, Dave, we're going to have a Social Insights on Thursday in addition to Peloton. So you need to chime into that episode to see what our new trade is. Whether you're
0: into Peloton Uh, or not, you have to watch Thursday after the market closes for our Peloton's earnings live. We're giving away a Peloton, hopefully. And we're going to have all kinds of additional stuff. We are Dumb Money. We will see you on Thursday.